You're listening to the Theology Mom podcast. And now, here's Theology Mom, Krista Bontrager. Hey, how are you guys? It Happy is Saturday Scott. night. Happy Saturday. In case you don't know, I am Monique Dusan. I'm Krista Bontrager. And we are, we are not all the things. <laughs> we are here with all the things. Um, Talking about all the things. God, which, life, and the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to connect those dots. Yes. Yes. And I really want to start out by connecting some of the dots from last week. Woke Church. Woke Church. Man, if you guys didn't see the video or the live stream last week, I highly encourage you to go out. Not go out. Stay in. Or, you know, if you're driving, don't drive and watch TV. That's wrong. Um, but watch, Podcast. Yeah, podcast. Watch our all the things on Woke Church. And really understand more about the Woke Church if you're not familiar with Woke Church or what that even means. And kind of find out where your church is. Is your church woke? Is it not? Should it be? Shouldn't it be? Is it drifting yeah. into to woke? Yeah. Maybe yeah. it's like borderline woke. You never know. Um, but it's a good discussion. It's a good discussion to even have with friends. And Well, and just in case people missed it last week, give us like the quick and dirty definition of woke. You know, I was thinking about that because I know after the show, um, we talked briefly about it on a we, walk. Yeah, we went on and a walk. And I was like, oh, like that would have been a really good definition. I can't really recall what that definition was now because it's been a week. But I would say the quick and dirty definition of woke is to be awakened to a consciousness that there are social evils in the world regarding race and that those things are all wrong. So if you are not aware of the race issues, whatever those issues may be, then you technically are not woke. And not just that you're not aware of it, but not aware of it and not speaking out against it or actively doing something to help rectify that situation. Yeah, I think the active part is what's really important because yeah. in in the woke way of thinking, um, it's not enough to be aware that racism is a thing. You have to be actively engaged in doing the proper things that they define as being the right things to actively overcome racism. That's actually anti-racism acts. And if you're not doing that, then you're still passively a racist. Well, there's that. And that's a whole yeah. different definition and not a different definition, but that's a whole different discussion is what I mean. Um, but there's so much to talk about in it yeah. and so many nuanced pieces I'm sure we'll revisit it at some point. I am sure too, but I do agree that you have to be doing certain things a certain way. And in order to be defined as woke, Yeah, I don't necessarily come from that viewpoint, but you'll find out why if you go back and watch <laughs> the last live stream. So um, there was that, but then we also had a viewer type in or write in about personhood theory and how she was relating personhood theory to being woke. And I was like, whoa, like I had never even heard of this or thought about that. Yeah. And so I think we actually have a clip of her. Um, it was a face Facebook comment. Lydia? Yeah. yeah. Lydia, here we go. There it is. So Lydia White wrote in and she said, such an informative purse post. 
not an informative purse because an informative purse would be something different. But I do love a good purse. Um, such an informative post. I've been reading Nancy Piercy's Love Thy Body. She mentions that personhood theory places worth in the mind consciousness on page 20, which you guys describe when you guys described woke as having a conscious awareness of racial injustice. It reminded me of personhood theory placing higher view value on those who are considered to have a certain type of consciousness. Do you see a connection between critical race theory and personhood theory, or is that stretching? I haven't mentally fleshed it out, but thought you might be able to. In personhood theory, you aren't a true person of value until reaching a certain level of consciousness. In woke theory, you aren't a valued member of culture until you have a certain type of consciousness. And so instead of insisting in our value as embodied being made to reflect the character of God, we are compelled to prove we are valuable and accepted through affirmation as sufficiently conscious and woke. Thoughts just processing out loud. I really appreciated this post. It made me go and look more into personhood theory and who promotes personhood theory and things like that. And I can say, first of all, we should probably like explain the personhood theory. I think the abortion example is a good one that this is often a theory that's used in ethics surrounding abortion that it's okay to abort a fetus because it hasn't reached a certain level of consciousness. It's not yet a person. Yes. So there is a def, uh, there's a, a difference between being a human and being a person. Right. And so because you haven't reached a certain level of consciousness, you are not technically a person. So that would make abortion in that system then ethically okay. warranted. Okay. Yes. Okay. From so, what I understand yeah. in the research that I've done around personhood. Theory. Yeah, that's my understanding as well. Now, I didn't necessarily agree that it was the same. I felt it was a bit of a stretch because we're talking about fetuses and humans who are not yet able to make conscious decisions. So I was like, oh, I kind of feel like that's a bit much to say, well, I can, it's the same in that I get to abort you because you aren't a conscious being. You haven't reached this level of defined humanity or personhood versus the woke movement that says, you know, you need to think this way. Something I, not, yeah, I'm not doing it much justice. I did write my reply on here, but it felt a bit of a stretch to me. I think the more I think about it, what I can say is that the type of abortion, and I'll use abortion in quotes, of people who are not woke by people who hold to more critical theory views that shunning and pushing aside because they are not of value. I can see how that can be similar to, oh, this fetus is not of value because it is not conscious, so to speak. I can see it, but there's still something in me that makes me feel like, uh, I don't really know that I can compare the two or. Yeah. Um, it was a very thoughtful yeah. comment and we love it that people are thinking and processing. We got a lot of really good feedback on the show. Many, many people found it very helpful and unifying. They really liked the tone that we took. So well, that's good. I'm yeah. really glad because I was really nervous. I wasn't sure, you know, how people would respond and things like that, but I'm glad that it was beneficial. And if there are other questions that people have, we got, went to like, church the, the Bible, next day. Race. 
When we went to the church the next day, uh, our friends came up to us and said, oh, yeah. we watched the show. It was so helpful. That was yeah. very lovely to know yes. that, you know, because we're doing this just as really as a ministry that Monique and I can do together and to, to feel like, you know, we can talk about these things from uh, within a Christian worldview context, but to, be, to really be able to help each other and yeah. and help people watching. And yeah. I would say there probably went a hundred hours of conversation between you and I went into at that least. show, you know, yeah. 12 months and a hundred hours, at least maybe another hundred hours of research that I did and you did combined. I mean, that show was a long time in coming. It was like, we just sat down here in the chair and just started. Okay. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Freestyle. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> so, no. Um, but I think it was a good show. I think it was informative and we will probably revisit it. I know we will revisit it. There are so. other features of yes. the whole race conversation. Yes. And speaking of that, we had a little adventure today. We did. Why don't you talk about the adventure? Oh, my. So I mentioned last week on the show that I was reading. I've been reading Miles McPherson's book, The Third Option. Mm -hmm. And I had put that in the show notes as well, uh, which is a book that I do recommend. I've given it over to Monique now to, to read. But in The Third Option, Miles McPherson makes a suggestion of going on a field trip to some place where you are the only member of that race. Mm -hmm. And so I asked Monique if, since she uh, grew up in South Central, if maybe there might be some places she could take me where I would be the only white person. And mm -hmm. so and I said, no gentrification. And then probably a lot of people don't know what gentrification is. Okay. Well then, that's, you want to explain that? That's homework. That's homework. <laughs> that's homework. Google. Yes, gentrification. We should know about gentrification. It's more of the the goodness gracious. Oh, I'm not doing my sociology that's okay. professor, professors any justice right now. But it's more of the cycle of I think it's like every 50 years, then neighborhoods would cycle. So um, we went to the Crenshaw yeah. district. 50, 60 years ago, it was a white area. Probably a little bit more than that, but I'd say, yeah. I'd say 60 years ago or so. It was a more affluent, affluent yeah. area, so to speak. And gentrification would say that there's cycles that happen. Then it and went so into more it went predominantly in, black neighborhood. Mm -hmm, we had white flight and things like that. And then now, now it's we people, went down there today. We saw white people are moving back in, riding their bicycles on Crenshaw. I was like, whoa, <laughs> we, we're gentrificating pretty strong. Um, but anyway, back to your field trip. Yeah, so we went down the field trip. So you asked me if I would take you to a place where you'd be predominantly or you'd be the only white person. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, I didn't really know because the last time I was in L.A., I was like, what in the world? Like, there are so many pockets now where places where I am used to them being all black or predominantly black and Latino there. It's I'm like white. I'm like, wow. OK, so I, I can see the change in this. Um, but we ended up going down to the Slauson swap meet. Yes. Yeah, I was so excited. And I mean, I was, we were on our way somewhere else and I passed by the swap meet and I was like, oh my gosh, they call it the super mall. If you from LA and you know the Slauson swap meet and they call it the super mall, I was like, no. But anyway, we went to the swap meet. <laughs> it's a giant warehouse. And it, it is, but it's, it's my entire childhood. Like, I just can't believe your mother let you walk there with your baby sister in a stroller like through South Central and then walking around in that mall is like but see that's kind of sketchy for me but that's the thing like that was part of the field trip experience. it was it was 
it was my childhood. Like, I, there was nothing wrong with it. And still today, I feel like kids walk down the street and it's what you know. You, yeah. you know, it's it was just part of what we did. Yeah. And I completely enjoyed it and loved it. And it being was back fun. there was like, I was like, wow. You because could buy shoes. You could you buy everything. Hats, jewelry. Hair. Clothes. Anything. Yeah, hair. You can get your nails done. You can yeah. do everything. But anyway, this is not about me reminiscing. <laughs> what was it like for you being the only white person in the Sloss and Swallow? At least the only white person I saw. Yeah, I didn't see any other white people. Uh, I enjoyed looking around. Uh, Monique had to tell me not to comment about everything because apparently I'm. It, it would come across. I think this is good feedback. We got to the car. She's like, you don't want to be commenting on everything because... It's not like I'm bringing a white person down here and you're going to the zoo and you're you're just commenting on on like, what is this about? Like, there were a lot of things that I, I'm a very curious person and I had a lot of questions about. But I thought that was good feedback of like, just because something's different doesn't mean I need to comment on everything or ask questions about everything. Wait until we're in the car and it's private. Then I can ask what was happening there. <laughs> what was that about? I've never seen fashions like that before. Yes, it was lovely. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so that what? was, it was good. And I think that we went to a restaurant where I was the only white person. We went for lunch mm-hmm. and Monique got some catfish and it waffles. Was, I was so excited. Yes. That yeah. catfish was so good. So oh. that was nice. And now what was, there was no air conditioning in the restaurant. I noticed that it was a little bit like we went to the black church. Yeah. Hey, air conditioning is a luxury. <laughs> Let me go ahead and put that out there. What was it like? Or actually here, let me ask this question. What was the goal in the book? What was the goal of the field trip in the book? It was to be aware of um, kind of, there's a concept in the book that he calls like insiders and outsiders to become aware of who's in my circle. Who do I feel comfortable with? Who are my insiders who do I, how do I see people who I'm not used to being around? What thoughts do I have about them to raise awareness of their world and to the name of the assignment is to walk in their shoes. So just to try to get an idea and to notice any discomfort in myself of being the only white person in the room. Personally, I don't, that doesn't really bother me so much, but I've had some experience with that before when I, did ministry down in LA. And when I worked in juvenile hall, uh, doing volunteer for the chaplain's office. Um, so I've been the only white person in the room a number of times in my life, but so this was an assignment so, from the book. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Okay, yeah. Got yeah. So yeah, it was good. I, I was really grateful. Plus I got to see your, your couple of your childhood homes yeah, and a couple of your schools where you went. And we saw one thing that really made me sad about it was um all the storefront churches that are down there like literally there's like two or three on every corner on every (laughs) literally on every corner and they're all tiny they have bars on the windows some of them the doors are barred that maybe they only open them on sunday Mm -hmm. um and then there was one very affluent church down there very affluent Mm -hmm. and um which was a little peculiar to me but as an outsider and as a Christian, it just made me a little sad to, to feel like I, I think I understand now why you have some hurts in your heart about the church because it feels so inert down there. It's like, 
where's the church that's really speaking prophetically to these people about their value and their dignity and lifting them up. And I can see how if you live down there and that was really all you knew that hope would be hard. Hope would be hard to think about the future and what the future could be like for you. Cause you know, people are just trying to make a living and, and survive. Yeah. So. I think it's, it's definitely a different, a different world. I think that today, even more so than when I was growing up, the concept of hope is, is a, it's a bigger concept. Um, and it's a bigger, there's a bigger picture. I don't know though what the church is doing, how the church is stepping into those spaces. Um, I see a lot of groups like, like the group we passed by, the, oh, I forgot their name. That's the, the African. Oh something. yeah. There was some kind of gathering of something Africa, but they are, yeah. they are like a well-known group down there. Oh, okay. And so I'm wondering like, how do you, how do you people fall into and not just, you know, black people, but how do you people who are living in, in South LA um, and, I'm speaking of South LA because that's where we went and that's where I'm from, but how do they navigate that space and find hope when find hope in Christ when hope is presented maybe through a different medium? Well, yeah, I mean, I think what you're very diplomatically trying to say there is that there's all these storefront churches. It's, it's hard to know what they're doing mm -hmm. for those people down there. In my more cynical side of me, I, I had the thought as we were driving around, oh, there's a church started by a guy. There's another church started by a guy. There's another church started by a guy. It made me wonder, like, is it more about their egos? Because they were all just, some of them were like, there were one point, there were seven in a row. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. literally next to each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, why? Why do this? You know, and it just raised for me a lot of questions of what the church is really doing, but then where does hope come from? There's, we saw the, the watchtower people out soliciting. Um, we drove by a black uh, Muslim center. Uh, we drove by the Africa thing, the guy with the loudspeaker talking on the street corner. All of those groups are giving some kind of hope. There's some kind of message my question was, what are the what are the Christians doing? So, yeah, I think one of the things that it speaks to as well is that faith is such a big part of the community. But looking at it from a more apologetic standpoint is what is really being taught down there? What is really, and not just down there, I mean, you know, like in general, what is really being taught? What is taught in those little storefront churches? Yeah. yeah. Like, are they getting... Or even in the big churches. Yeah. What is really being taught and how are we um, working within the community to empower people and to understand the true gospel? Yeah. That Just made some me... Of my thoughts. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. It yeah. was good. But that was the field trip, and maybe we'll share more on the field trip another day. But yeah, it was, it was good. Still I sort think. of talking it through, processing. We do want to invite everyone to join us in the chat. If you had some reactions to last week, um, let us know what you thought and talk to us about even what we're doing today. Um, 
now let's see we've got all right i already mentioned that all right so oh what talking about storefront churches and having seven in a row <laughs> today we're talking about how do we find a church yes a couple weeks ago probably a month or so yeah. a little over now i was like well you know i don't really know if i should go to church i don't why do i gotta really, go to church exactly and i'm in between churches and things like that for real for real um <laughs> And so I wonder, like, you have seven churches in a row. How do you know which one to go to? Yeah. Um, and so we went out and we went looking for a church. And we have some pictures of us looking for a church. Yeah. Oh, there we, there are. we go. The, this is the true Jesus church. It is not the fake Jesus church. It is <laughs> the true, true Jesus. Jesus. And now it used to be. Now we just drove down our, our road here. You yeah. Know, real nearby. But what's funny about this one is it used to be the Church of Jesus Christ of Christ Scientist. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing to do with my employer. But yeah, that's there we are clowning around. But now, now, you know, I don't know if that's a Chinese. I I think that's Chinese. I don't know if that's a cult or a real church. But But you know, it's the true Jesus. It is the true Jesus church. Let's see what else we we found. All right. Then we found a Spanish church. That was like, I don't know, less than a block away from the true Jesus church. The Christian Church of the Family. And then we had the Reformed. Yes. I uh, used to be Reformed. So that was nearby. Had to go and see the Reformed. Yes, that's more traditional. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening there? That's not a church. That's not a church, but... That's Monique trying to find a boyfriend across the street at the uh, Army Reserve Woo! Training Center. <laughs> wow. There was that. There was where they, that. Where they train every weekend. All right, next yes. one. Oh, now see, this is this is much more what we saw today. Yes, storefront, storefront church. Now this one we think is a black church, and then right next door, literally on the same plot of land. Yeah, is this one that's in Spanish? So we think that they're both the same apostolic maybe, denomination. Yeah, maybe the same people, same churchy. Yeah, thing, but they're just. One's black and one's Spanish. I have no idea. But But there is this special attraction. (laughs) (laughs) I I found that. that, I found that. Hey, when you are in an area where you have to lock Jesus up, you got to lock Jesus in. Is that a gate between the two churches? Yeah. Lock them up. And I just, yeah, that was probably a very poor picture. I shouldn't have taken that. So they're both excommunicating each other. (laughs) <laughs> no, they're literally on the same plot of land. Yeah, they should. This change. is to keep the people out during the week. I don't know what I'm that is. I'm not even sure what that chain is doing, the the bottom chain, what, what its function is. But I just thought, oh, my. There it is. Yeah. So, yes, I took the picture. <laughs> I probably need to be rebuked, but that's okay. And this is, um, Bob, Robert, do you know what church this is? Um. Isn't this a church where Chris and I got married? That is. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, yes. ding. Yes. yes. That is where we got married. In fact, yeah. I think I took a, do, did I put the picture of the steeple in there? I don't know if, I, there it is. That was where we got married 26 and a half years ago. Yeah, who knew we'd live so close to the. Uh, yeah, it's just down the street now. Yeah. And we got one more. We saw this one with the rainbow. Yes. That church is right down the street as well. Yeah, the sun was and it's got a it's yeah the sun was we were looking right at the sun, but it has a nice uh, steeple too. I think I got this one. It's all stone. Uh, one more. I think there's yeah. one more. There it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So what I learned. This is just in our neighborhood. This is just in our neighborhood. Yeah. 
And what I learned is that there are a lot of different types of churches there are. right in the neighborhood. And yeah. so part of what my question is in this is what do I need to look for when I am choosing a church? Yeah, I think it's a really important question because uh, it is confusing. It is. And uh, I'm, I don't know if any of the storefront churches we saw today in L.A. have websites, but that's always a good a good place to start in this day and age, you know, um, you can kind of do some reconnaissance to, to investigate the churches. So I pulled, you and I worked on pulling some sample websites. So we got one here. We're going to go to the first one. This is actually the website for Christ church in Sierra Madre, which is a church where, uh, one of my, my bosses is a minister. What, what I liked about this one First of all, it's a very traditional looking church. So I, I'm kind of a historical type, type of gal. I, mm-hmm. I don't really like going to churches that look like they're a, a strip mall. But uh, I liked it that it says that it's a gospel-centered church and it says historic Christianity right on the, right mm-hmm. on the front. You know, that they know maybe that there's a chance that they'll know what historic Christianity is and, and okay. they'll... The Why value is it doctrine. important to know historic Christianity, though? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, because I think that having a church, finding a church, ideally, where you can, they have a sense of rootedness in what it's meant to be a Christian for 2000 years, that they're not about just, hey, we're the latest and greatest in every trend, but maybe they speak into things that are are going on in our culture, but doing it through the worldview of historic Christianity. And when, when I saw that, it jumped out right at me right away because I thought, okay, this is probably a church that values theology, education, and speaking to our culture from within that historical context. You, you always want to be kind of, I think, cautious about churches where they act like they're, they they just invented a new thing, you know, like they rolled out of bed last week, had an insight and started a church. Mm-hmm. The church has been around for 2000 years. It's good if you can find a church that has some roots and value in that, that history. Okay. So that's kind of, so we'll go to the next one. So then another good thing to do is to look at um, the staff, which we went to the same, this is the same church. You can see my boss there, Dr. Hugh Ross, down in the bottom right corner. Um, and uh, Bob Cavolo there in the bottom left corner, I actually went to seminary with him like 100 years ago. Uh, but what I noticed immediately was the age diversity mm-hmm. of these. I had been on one. I couldn't find it back a week or so ago where everybody on staff looked like they were 23. Huh? And they had like 30 staff people and they were all the same age. And I thought... Huh, this is interesting. They were all white and they were all under 25. <laughs> okay. So that jumped out to me. I don't know if anything you wanted to make a comment about this one or not. Um I liked that and if we, this this only shows like the first eight, but there were quite a few women. I enjoyed the racial diversity. I like that they had interns. So they weren't just, it's not just that this is, you know, how we do things and we're the staff, but that they, and I'm hoping I could just be assuming that they are listening and getting 
the voice of a generation under them. Yeah. So I like that intergenerational dynamic too. Well, I like as that well. they're trying to raise up leaders from within their own church. Mm-hmm. And they had two kind of tracks for their internship program. And they actually had them read books. I thought yeah. that was good. Uh, I liked it that Bob Cavolo is a pastor of theological formation. That told me like, okay, they probably really do care about, about theology. So that's good. We can go on to the next next slide. So another thing to look for on a church website is go to find their statement of faith. Hmm. And one thing we learned this week is it's not always easy to find. No, no. Like sometimes it's like meet the pastors and then way down in the left corner, what we believe. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why is this button Why so small? Why yeah. is it hidden? So you might have to fish a little bit, but go find their statement of faith. You can see here, this this one is just a screen cap of um, one aspect of their statement of faith, but it's pretty rigorous. They affirm the Trinity and all this, the standard things. But one thing that you really want to look at these days is what is their view of sin? Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's some, we're going to look at one later where, like their view of, of sin just isn't even defined. Mm. We don't even know what we're talking about. Some churches don't even believe in sin anymore. That is true. So that for me is like a, a, a big kind of, um, not red flag, but something to look for. Another thing is how do they define the Bible? If it, you want to look for a church that says that they believe the Bible is inspired, authoritative, and infallible. Or yes. without error. Those are the three things you want to look for when they talk about the Bible. Um, if the church only says that it's inspired, that might not mean that they believe that it's actually authoritative or infallible. Mm-hmm. So those are some keywords to look at. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I already got went over that. Right. That's good. So, all right, let's get some comments here. Yes, I am distracted i'm like oh comments i love comments um rhyme rhyme okay because i was gonna say rim but it's rhyme i am convinced in my spirit it's rhyme rhyme his song and i love that um that hook or handle um off topic i know this might be inappropriate for a christian show but thanks for showing the cover of the third option book so nice to see meet miles mcpherson pretty hot cover hey yes he's the um yes Yes, I. He's the pastor at uh, what's it called, the Rock? The Rock, San Diego. Yeah, Rock Church, San Diego. Rock I believe Church. It is. That's what. It is. Um, yes, I, I do not think that to notice the beauty of God's creation is inappropriate. Is this like not being colorblind in that whole conversation last week? Kind of, kind of, kind of. But there's nothing wrong with noticing God's okay. creation. All right. Um, Annette, Annette, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, she says the website doesn't necessarily mean much. And that's very true, Annette. This is just all preliminary. These are some things to look for. Uh, Hopefully we're going to touch on some some things to look for as a first step. Mm -hmm. But nothing can can substitute for actually going. Yes, and the experience. And the experience of it. That's Mm -hmm. another whole angle. We're just uh, trying to help people uh, begin to sift through. Some of the beginning steps. Some of the beginning steps, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Okay, and Rhyme His Song says... When choosing a church these days, I look for good worship te- for a good worship team. Yet I really hate the fog and feel of being at a concert. I completely agree. And actually, we just had this this conversation last week. Um, I'm a big worship person as well, and really enjoy um, worship and not wanting to only have one 
style of worship. I'll say that. But I think lately I've had to come to a place of choosing the teaching over the worship. Like if I have to get to a place, like I know that I, I can worship on and. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like it's, I can worship on my own. I feel I like know. that. And I feel I like, like such that, a, it's such a Sophie's choice. It's so hard because you want the ideal is finding a church that has both awesome teaching and, and awesome worship. But it, it, we were talking one night at dinner about this and we're like, you know, if you had to choose which, which would it be? And we all kind of had different yeah. thoughts and reasons for that. But it, it seems like a lot of times that's the, the choice that you get into, which is really sad. Yes. And it is really sad because we've been to a few churches and really sound theologically. And please don't be mad at me for saying this, but I am just not one for the barefoot worship leader with the guitar. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not. And it just, I'm just like, the one guitar and we're going to sing and that's great. But I'm like, where's the rest of it? Where is it? Yeah. Um, well, and like you said, you know, there's cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, not every, everybody's going to like the Bethel or Hill song type of thing. Yeah. You know, other, I think that uh, the church that we've attended, they have a, a, a black gal who leads the worship and she does great. She's, and she, she does a wonderful job, but you know, that's, that's a great thing. And it, it, and that says it's hard to choose. It really it, is. It really is. So. And I have a question for you. So if it came down to the question of theology or worship, which would you choose? Yeah. <laughs> so we should have made that like a, a, a poll question or yes. something. Um, okay. So, so uh, let's go to the next example. We're going to kind of, we, we looked at Sierra Madre, uh, Christchurch Sierra Madre. I thought it was a pretty positive example. It had a lot of good things. Now we're going to go to kind of the, Another example, uh, this one is the first Unitarian church. We're, we're going to, we, okay. sh- we shielded out the, the name of it. Now, I have a question uh-huh. before we even get into this. Yeah. This is one of them I picked. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I, she has questions. I don't even, okay, so <laughs> I, okay, first of all, Unitarian, all of that. I think people need to understand that yes, and that theology, I, I, I'm with you. I'm feeling you. Um, people need to understand denominationalism and what denominations are yeah. and the why there are different denominations and all of that, which you have a video on. Yeah, you can go to my YouTube channel. I, I break it all down. Yes. So because and I'll just say I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to go ahead because if I had watched it, I would have known the difference. Um, but <laughs> well, I don't cover Unitarians. I don't really I, know that I would have thought like, hey, Unitarians aren't Christian. I don't really yeah, know. Are they so, Christian? Are they not? Yeah, I don't cover Unitarians in that video because I don't consider Unitarians Christian. Again, <laughs> because they don't believe in the Trinity. That's why they're Unitarian, they're not Trinitarian. So, see, so like yes. if, if, if we were to say, Christianity, all the Christian churches are inside this circle. You know, you got... You the got unis your, way over there. The, yeah, they they outside. They okay. Here. See, Here's and, the loop. They're over here. Okay, they're see, outside. I wouldn't have known. And I, then here I am. I would have been trying to go to worship at the Unitarian Church. Because they been say they, they're live streaming their worship right there. That's a mess. Rhyme His Song says, honestly, I see house church being the future. We are so together. Yes. 
But anyway, back to this, I digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe we can have you share your house church experience later. I don't. I love house that, church. That would be great. Love it with all my heart. So this is sort of the other end of the spectrum of the Sierra Madre church. So let's go to the, the next one, because go to the statement of faith. That's always a great place to start. And you go to this one. Now, I want you to notice the paragraph here where it says together. You see that second paragraph down at the bottom? Together, we create a force more powerful than one person, one belief system. And then the next paragraph starts, or this is, we do not check our personal background and beliefs at the door. We join on a journey that honors everywhere we've been before. I'm like, okay, that might be okay. I'm not really sure. I'm a little skeptical of one, you know, they're more powerful than a belief system. And this is our beliefs are diverse and inclusive. We have no shared creed. Well, then... That's why they didn't have a belief. Oh, maybe yeah, they, 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 then like the wheels fell off for me yeah. at that point. Like you don't have a shared creed that's basically saying you don't have a doctrinal statement. You don't have a summary of beliefs. And so if we go on to the next slide, sure enough, you, you scroll down and they don't even really believe in God. They just say we believe in a higher power. And then they have some statements about life and death, sacred texts, which includes more than the Bible, inspiration and guidance and prayer. So then I'm like, okay, this is a great example of what to look for when, you know, there's, this is, this, we are, we are far outside of Christianity at this point. Um, They're not Trinitarians. They have no shared creed. um, And uh, they're not affirming any of the classical Christian doctrines like we saw on the previous website. So here we have kind of two ends of, of the spectrum. So let's see. Let's go on to the next one. Yeah, this one. So this says right on their front homepage that they're a progressive church, which I think is actually I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do much detective work. They're, they're right there. Progressive t- meaning me that progressive. they are, they don't hold to the views of the historic Christian church. That they're willing to let those views be a little more flexible, shall we say. And that's not okay because... Well, I think that as we're going to see here, um, you can see these words. Again, These now we're starting to see a pattern of what words that, that you notice when mm-hmm. a church is on the more liberal or progressive into the spectrum. Again, we see this word of inclusive and affirming. All are welcomed. We are theologically and sociologically progressive church. Um, So the heart of their identity is questions, dialogue, and justice making, which is interesting because rather than in in distinction or in comparison to the Sierra Madre church, their identity was in historic Christianity. It was in the gospel. This church is telling us their primary identity is in questions, dialogue, and justice making. So it tells us, I I commend this church for telling us up front what they're about. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to do very much detective work about that. I knew exactly where they stood. So I appreciated that. Um, so then I started looking around for the, what do I look for? The statement of faith. Statement of faith, yes. 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 Unfortunately, this church doesn't even have a statement of faith. Um, they just had the closest thing I could find was a statement called, who are we? And this is really the closest thing I could find to a statement of faith. 
They're postmodern and emergent and Baptist. So they're progressive Baptists, which was new for me. I'd never heard of progressive Baptists before. Um, and again, their core values are questions, dialogue, justice making, food and conversation, open communion, and inclusive language. Okay. That was the closest I could find to a, a statement of faith there. So that was interesting. Um, okay, now we have a second example of a progressive church. Now here again, these you should start noticing a pattern here. Now this looks like an evangelical churchy website, right? It just looks like any website that you would see for a church, but it again uses the words progressive, inclusive, uh, sometimes dissonant. That was an interesting description, a collection of Jesus followers. So the terminology of Jesus followers is being used more commonly these days mm -hmm. to refer to Christians. Um, not a big problem there, but then uh, let's go to, uh, and again, I could not find a statement of faith or a statement of beliefs. However, in this case, there was a statement of inclusivity. And so I clicked through to that and I found this page and I thought the tone was interesting. Of course we try to be inclusive. Any half decent group of people would be. So then they go on to talk about their, their viewpoints of inclusivity. And um, so I'm going to skip uh, the next one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll skip that one. Now we come to this one. Now I think that this is a really good example of a more modern um, statement of faith. Um, this one uh, is fairly brief, first of all. Now, if you notice, Monique, in the top bullet point, how it describes the Bible. It only describes it as it's being inspired, inspired word, of word of God. But not the infallible or, or, or authoritative. Or authoritative yes. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that they don't believe that. It's just that it's not in their statement of faith, which makes me wonder. Mm -hmm. um, whether that's part of their belief system or not. Um, now, if you notice here, they don't have anything about the Trinity. There's nothing about the Father. There's nothing about the triune God, mm -hmm. which I have a teaching series on my YouTube channel about the Trinity, and I make the case that without the Trinity, you don't even have Christianity. Not to say that they're not Christians, it just it raises the question for me of why don't they mention the Trinity well, in their doctrinal statement? Maybe it could just be that they need to get stronger writers. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, it, it's not to say they don't believe in it. It's just it makes me wonder if they're not putting as much emphasis on theology on their website. I wonder how that translates into their church services. Mm -hmm and into their sermons, and into their church life. Um, can we go back to that for a second there? I wanted to make a couple more points. Um, I think that the, it's also interesting to me, I think it's on the next one. No, go back. Is that they don't really have 
a definition of sin. Remember earlier I mentioned that, mm. how important that is. Now, it says that Jesus died for our sins, and it does say that salvation is a gift, but it never actually tells me what sin is. Okay. And so, again, it makes me wonder, I wonder how that translates into church life. Um, I wonder how many sermons they preach on sin. I wonder how they're defining sin or redefining sin. Mm -hmm. You know, what that begins to look like. I like it. They have a statement on baptism. Um, and if we go to the, the next one, um, another thing, this is the whole statement, by the way, is these six points, six, seven points. Um, there's nothing about the second coming. Um, there's nothing about the eternal state, judgment, heaven, hell. None of those things are covered in this statement. So again, not to say they don't believe in those things. Maybe they do, but we don't know anything about whether they do or not, or what they believe about them. Mm -hmm. So that to me causes me to think, I wonder how this shows up. So then um, a really good thing to do when you run across a more vague or general type of statement like this, maybe you're intrigued by the churches, go listen to some of the sermons. Mm -hmm. Go to the sermon archive. Almost every church has a sermon archive now. Start to see what themes they're talking about. Listen to a couple of sermons and you'll get a feel for how deep they go into scripture. Um, when I went to this particular church into their sermon archives, I saw a lot of, a lot of sermons related to justice issues, um, race issues. So that is definitely a theme for that church, at least in the last year. So is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. It's just, it makes me again, wonder, okay, their doctrinal statement is so general. And then this is a theme that they seem to spend a lot of time on. It makes me wonder like, how does this all fit together? Mm -hmm. You know, there would, there would be some questions there in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Is this helping anyone? Is this helping anyone? Right. So, the song actually, uh, it says the message was retracted, but I did read it and I don't want to put it out there if they don't want me to put it out there, but I do agree. And uh, <laughs> if you put it back, then we can talk about it a little bit. Um, yeah. So no, this does make sense. Part of when we were prepping for the show in looking at like churches that focus on social justice and race and, you know, the equality and those things. I was like, well, I don't really see anything wrong with that. Right. And we want to make sure that they don't do it from a place of a woke mentality or, or a critical division. race theory, yeah. division, and all of those things. Yeah. Um, but looking at more of a historic Christian perspective and how did the early church handle such issues, that's something that I need to research and am really looking into myself because I came out of, as I said last, last week, a critical race theory kind of worldview. And now looking at historic Christianity, how does that fit in when I'm choosing a church? Yeah. You know, I'm passionate about justice and those kind of things, but how do I also do that in a way that upholds the worldview of historic Christianity? Yeah. Ryman Song says the issue for years in our area has been large active youth program 
determines where the rest of the family lands. I think you can speak to that. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, um, I think my husband and I would probably make different church choices if it was just us. But because we have children, we made a church choice based on what we thought would be a good program for our children to grow up in and trying to find a healthy environment for our kids. We kind of go to like a mid to large size church, not a mega church, but on the larger side, they have a good size kids program, a good size youth ministry, but it's still small enough that we knew the people that were shepherding those groups. We could build relationships with them. We knew the programs. We had an idea of what they were teaching Mm -hmm. and Um, there was opportunities for us to be involved. So that was really important. I think that maybe once our children are grown and um, move away, you know, my husband and I might migrate somewhere else, you know, that it might be a little different. Before we had kids, we went to a more traditional reformed church where it was more hymn singing and and very, very, very traditional Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that is a big, a big issue, but like you and I have talked about, I would love to do another one of these shows where you take the lead and we talk about kids programs and how to evaluate those yeah, from, I, from the websites. Cause I think that would be really informative. For I people. do. I, I have a little bit of knowledge about kids programs and I know statistically church growth largely comes out of the growth of the children's ministry and families will stay or leave based on their children's love or let's call it lack of affinity for lack of engagement. Yeah. Yes. Um, the children's ministry. And so like that is statistically proven. And yet the whole idea of a kid's ministry is really only about a hundred years old. And the idea of youth ministry is really only about 50 or 60 years old. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly new invention. If you will, if you look at it, from the wider context of 2000 years of the church. Yeah. The, the idea of having special pastors, special ministry for kids and youth, not to say that that's bad, wrong or anything. It's just good to be aware that yeah. there was another way of doing it for 1900 years uh, that where we didn't have special pastors. And the so. reformed church still keeps their kids inside. Uh, many of the more traditional form yeah. reformed ones definitely do. And there's a, there's an ethos I find in churches that tend to baptize babies that the babies are part of the community and we're okay with them making noise and we're okay with them being a part of the worship and that it's important for children to learn how to sit in church and how to sit still and, and um, know how to be, have appropriate behavior. So sorry, I'm only laughing because I was just thinking, I wish when my grandmother was taking me to church, there was kids church. Cause <laughs> Like, you know, might have got better for you. It might have you know, <laughs> when they got popped for chewing gum or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, yes, but um, I do agree. So since uh, we were talking earlier about Miles McPherson's book, I thought uh, we thought this was a good another good positive example, because sometimes the dichotomy that gets set up is, well, either you have a church that's culturally relevant, which often leads to some kind of progressivism or more liberal theology or social justice, but not that social justice is bad, but in a 
in maybe in a not biblical way mm-hmm. or um or the other end is everything has to be so traditional that it has makes no comment about the culture yes and though we get in this false dichotomy that it must be either biblically faithful and culturally separate or speak to the culture so much that it's guided by culture yes and I, I think that that is a false dichotomy. I think Miles McPherson's church is, is a good example of trying to strike a balance between those those things. Um, maybe if we could get that. What do you want to see? The, the, the rock? The, the tweet? Did I not give it to you? A rock? <laughs> I'm starting to have... Uh, maybe we don't want to see a, a rock. But, yeah. Or... The rock, the rock. I got well, this. Is that what you got? No, you know what? I bet I didn't give it to you. No, but I didn't give it to you. all right, mm-hmm. that my bad. So we'll just we'll just look at it. But if you go to Miles McPherson's church in San Diego, you go to the website. I did the screen caps. Uh, just, it's okay. No, that's all right. Um, but if you go there, um, I think it strikes a really nice balance of being of speaking into the culture on a lot of cultural issues. They do a lot of good in their community, um, but. Boy, the doctrinal statement. Yes, it's was five like pages five long. Five pages literally long. Literally five pages. Yeah. And, but it was very clear. And I think it was so long because certain points could have, could lead into questions. Yeah. And so I think by the time you read through it, all the questions were answered. You knew exactly where the church yeah. stood on so many things. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even had a statement about what I really liked is about uh, repentance water baptism um kingdom of god uh they define sin really yeah. clearly the bible very clearly like everything was so clear and very much rooted in historic christianity but then you could tell like they do great work um on race issues but in a very balanced way he's done such good work in bringing um together the black community with the police department, mm-hmm. for example, and sponsoring classes to help both of those communities come together and Christians to become leaders yes. in those communities. I think it's so great. And so he's really thought through how can a church speak prophetically into a community, but doing it in a biblically faithful way, which I really appreciated. I just like him overall. He used to speak at our... Um, <laughs> our conventions are what was it youth conventions oh, okay that we would have in san diego every year and um yeah i've been a fan for a very long time and i do think that he brings an extremely balanced perspective um and his website does the same like yeah. it's not angry theology it's not passive theology it's just extremely balanced and this is how christians can work in yeah. within within you know the world so yeah. to speak and yeah um and that even though we are inside of you know this world we don't necessarily participate within the culture and so how do we define and live within our own culture as christians and yet make impact on the world around us so in your experience i know you've been to a lot of different kinds of churches your favorite as was mentioned earlier is the house church that you went to in South Africa, right before you moved. Yes, but it was back actually to the American States. House Church. Okay. It was a transplant um, and wonderful, wonderful people. But it was so small and intimate. And the person next to me had their baby and 
there were kids upstairs and that was all fine. But we would come together and we would have a meal and then we would, you know, worship and we would talk about the scriptures and what God was doing in us and um, how we saw those scriptures playing out, but what it really meant. Like we would dig deep and, you know, have those discussions. But there's just something about the house church to me, about that intimate group that just really stirs something in my heart. I don't, I'm not a fan of the mega church. I don't really, and some people are like, well, Jesus fed the 5,000. That was the first mega church. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh, no. Like he hung out with the six. He had, in, or six, 12. Haha, I'm just playing. I know my Bible. <laughs> he hung out with the 12 and he had impact on the 5,000. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it came back to being, you know, in that small and intimate community. That's just how I see it. That's cool. I think the, there's so many models too for how to do church. And if you like the more house church model, nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you like a bigger church, like if you have kids and you want more kids programs, you want more options, nothing wrong with that. I think the most important thing in that is when you go to be known, like if you're going to church and you're just trying to be anonymous, Mm -hmm. that's not going to help you with accountability and community, which the Christian life is meant to be lived in community. So you have to find somewhere where you can connect with the people and find people to, to walk with in Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Um, what we've gone over on the websites, I think, is uh, just a starting point for investigating a church. But you got to go. You got to see the people. You got to see about the connections and where you fit. And mm-hmm. then think about service. Yeah. How can you serve? Is there Are there opportunities there for you to jump in? And it's hard to change churches. Like, we just have the real about yeah. how hard that is. Yes. But Christ loves his body. He wants us to persevere. If we've had rough experiences, try again. Yes. And I mean, that speaks directly to my heart because I would much rather some days fellowship with Brother Pillow and Sister Sheets. (laughs) But the Lord is calling me to something different. Um, Rhyme His Song says, I'm realizing that I need both intimate fellowship and a place to serve, though. Yeah. 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 This is good. We just want to really encourage all of you to think about and be in a conversation with the Lord. Maybe you have um, over time stopped going to church or becoming disengaged with the church because of hard things. Um, It might be a good time to try again. And starting with a website is is a good place to start, but no substitute for, for going and seeing the people but try again people are sinners oh my gosh (laughs) my last (laughs) point i saw this meme probably on facebook and then we'll talk about your tweet of the week yes um and it said you don't want to go to church because of the people there like yeah something like that but it doesn't stop you from going to the club and the people there. <laughs> something I was like, oh, I don't know. It was something to that effect or because of the sinners in the church, you don't want to go, but you'll, you'll go to the club and the sinners that are in the club. And I was like, oh, I, 
I'm not out there clipping. I'm just gonna let you know. It's past life. But past life. Um, <laughs> hashtag past life. But I, I thought it was a really good point that we will make excuse for why I can go X, Y, and Z who have the same people, the same fallen humans, but will shy away from the church that has the same fallen humans. I, I often wonder if it's because we put a higher expectation on those people as if they are not fallen in human as well. Not yeah. sure. Good thoughts. Well, the tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. We have arrived at the tweet of the week. Now, I first have to make an announcement. Monique tweeted this week. I did. So if you're... So if you are one of the five followers that she has on Twitter. I have five. You saw the tweet. <laughs> so go go follow Monique. The, My tweet the real, is not the tweet of the, the week. The real Monique D. And uh, yeah, let's get that going. Uh, so let's let's talk about the tweet of the week. This is from. Tweet of the week. Right here. Here we go. All right. So this person who tweeted this is actually, uh, it was a very active string of uh, tweets. It was, I don't know, like eight, nine posts all mm. linked together. Mm -hmm. um, and I just picked one of them. But this is in relation to the whole woke conversation. Now, this person um, actually advocates pretty actively for critical race theory ideas, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, she's a Christian uh, author and, and type of theologian. But, you know, I like to build bridges with people. I like to find areas of agreement. With people, even if I don't agree with them on everything, I like finding agreement. And I thought this was a great point is that uh, talking about people who leave the church because the church isn't woke. Yes. They, they're frustrated. Yes. The church isn't woke. She says, you're not woke when you reject Christianity in order to escape white supremacy. You're demonstrating just how captive you are to its fundamental belief that God and Jesus and Christianity and Santa are white. None of them are, and Santa isn't real. What? Now, <laughs> yes, my wife is alive. Santa is not real. <laughs> so now let me explain this tweet. So, so um, there's this idea that many people leave the church because it's not woke enough for mm -hmm. them because they they say that you know Christianity is a white man's religion. It's been it's just it's just a religion for white people. But the historical reality is that it was a religion born out of um, the Middle East. And the the people, the first Christians looked a lot more like you than they looked like me. Mm -hmm. uh, white skin and blue eyes. You know, they, they were a lot more like you, brown skin and brown eyes yes and uh the first christian i have a video on this on my youtube channel um then one of the first christians was an african man mm -hmm. and black skin and he was from ethiopia and and the, the early christian fathers were from the middle east and north africa and that this is part of our heritage and whether she's referring there to, to santa is saint nicholas who was a bishop in north africa mm. and so these were not white people these were not europeans christianity is from a part of the world and at the first converts and the first leaders and the first bishops were people of color as we would call them today in our mm -hmm. in our modern vernacular uh, vernacular you know so what she's trying to say is 
if you leave the church because you're saying it's not woke enough because it's too white, you know, be mindful of the historical reality. And I always tell people Christianity is a global religion. You know, it's everywhere. That's one of the features of it. There's Chinese Christians. There's Middle Eastern Christians. The most ancient Christians in the world are the Syriac Orthodox and the Coptic Orthodox and the Assyrians. Mm. These are very, very ancient people. Churches that were founded by the apostles. The Coptic church was founded by St. Mark in 50 AD, two decades after the resurrection. Um, that's, that's the Egyptian church. It's North Africa. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, this is not a white religion. Now, I'll grant you that the church in the West is dominantly what we know in America. But if you want to get past that cultural divide, I want to encourage people, go start looking into Syriac Orthodox, Coptic Orthodox, that these are churches that have not been impacted by postmodernism. They have not been impacted by progressivism. They haven't changed in 2000 years. Um, If you really want to know what the core of Christianity is, what does it really mean to be a Christian? And you're trying to strip off some of the cultural baggage, go find an ancient church, go find some, uh, some videos on YouTube from the Coptic church mm-hmm. and um, start understanding the global nature of our faith. So anyways, that's the tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. You never have yeah. much response to these. Well, because I'm just sitting here learning just like yeah. everybody else, you know, just living <laughs> my best life. Um, <laughs> Ryman Song says, but at the Unitarian Church, you could have both the club and the worship in one place. Might need to check that out. But they don't believe in the Trinity. I have a problem with that. <laughs> there's, there's that. Anyway, everyone, it is about that time. It is about that time. It is about that time. Um, oh, I just made, completely made me think of a hip hop song. And I'm just going to leave it there because that is not really the place for this. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys all for tuning in. Yeah. Rhyme Songs is a great point, Krista. People of the book. That's right. Yes, they are. Um, what else do you want to say before we close? Well, I think the only other thing is what's happening on my YouTube channel right now is I've been doing a series of videos about mops, mm-hmm. mothers of preschoolers, and trying to look into continuing the conversation we had with Sarah Wilkins several weeks ago. Yeah. Like three weeks ago now. Yeah. To think about, all right, she was making a lot of assertions about mops drifting into progressivism. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to dive into that to see, is that in fact the reality? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they really falling into progressivism? So I've made a number of videos now on my YouTube channel. I think you've I'm, definitely been doing your research on it. Yeah, I think I got two videos left in me mm-hmm. on this that I'm going to do. So be sure to go check those out if you have a young mom in your life or would really appreciate some likes and shares on those to help spread the word of, you know, and just getting in the conversation about what's going on over at Mops. All right. So that is it. Yeah, the question I have in the cue sheets here is, um, is, is this all just a big misunderstanding or are they really drifting into progressivism so maybe it is yeah we'll just let people decide they can uh look into stuff themselves yes but uh i summarized my research i'm as i'm working through that on my youtube channel so yeah spotify apple podcasts google play go subscribe go there just like that yeah share us 
like us. We need some some shares and likes. Hopefully you found this conversation helpful today on the helpful, church. Helpful, humorous, one of the two. We don't yeah, know yet. Something. <laughs> and we got a new feature. Don't forget our new feature, Krista. Oh, what, oh, what is that? it? Oh, email. Oh, yes. Talk yes. about the email. You can email us at, I have to remember, attlivestream at gmail.com. So you can send all your questions there, thoughts, um, suggestions. Yes. And we will respond. Yes. ATT. So it's all the things. ATT live stream. You have no idea what we went through to figure out that email. Like we were yes. all the things show, all the things stream. That was all taken. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. All the things literally were taken. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But email us. Send us an email. Let us know what you think. We would love, love, love to hear from you. Yeah. ATT if live stream. You, if you're watching this as a recording, uh, just so I can send in your questions. Yep. Hey, look, you're on screen. Yep, there you go. There's Mr. <laughs> Handsome, professional button pusher. We love him. Yes. ATT Livestream at gmail.com. Every mops in our area are hosted by Methodist non-evangelical churches. Might be part of the influence. I'm so glad you brought that up. Rhyme. Rhyme, rhyme his song. His song. Thank you yes. for helping me there. Um, because one of the things I am finding about this whole mops issue is that so much of it is directed by whoever the director is. Mm. And the director can actually shield the group from a lot of the materials. So even if the organization is going more progressive, the director could theoretically shield the group from that. So, so much of it depends on the director. And so it, it it's, an important differentiation to understand that there's corporate and then there's the local manifestations. Mm -hmm. So if you buy my arguments and you find them compelling about the progressive drift of the, of corporate, that doesn't mean that every mops group or franchise or whatever they call them is necessarily drifting into progressivism. Although from what I understand, there's a number of these groups that are trying to stay more evangelistic focused have left the corporate okay. world, but so much of them, it, it's driven by whoever the director is and that local group. They don't have to use all the materials from corporate. Okay. That's something that I've been learning. So I'm really glad you brought up that point. I should work that into one of the videos, but um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. I don't think that the individual churches are driving this machine at all. I don't think it's about what kinds of churches are hosting mops. I really think that this is from what I'm seeing a corporate driven shift uh, from the highest level. So um, yeah, you can check out my videos and let me know uh, your feedback. I'd, yeah. I'd love share to them that. with a yeah. preschooler who might be yeah, influenced or inside of a mops group. Yeah. Connect with us on social media. Go to Theology Mom, and we would love your support uh, to keep bringing this broadcast, keep improving our process here little by little, and we really appreciate the likes and shares. That's really the biggest support you can give us right yeah. now is the likes and shares. That's Getting the thing. word out there. Yeah. Tell your friend. All right, everyone. Happy Saturday. Monique and I are going to go have some dinner and then maybe go for a walk, get yes. outside. So Woo! thanks for watching. Thanks. Bye. God, God bless.